Holy big picture, friends. This was a week. This was one of my favorite comic weeks ever. <laughs> Vindication. <laughs> it's really, I'm really excited. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We just got some other things. We got some other things to talk about first. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin, the big picture thinker. did the uh turn to the side nod my head because you called that as like a thing that's what you do when you want me to say welcome to the <laughs> yeah. podcast. you do i know i do i just only do it subconsciously but now, i know <laughs> but now there's a label now for you it no oh man all right well we're we're talking comics all over here the place. on this podcast we're that's talking what we do digital comics free comics the the comics you paid for yeah so we've got We're talking a little bit about the free comic book Spider-Man Venom. We're talking some free comic book day, Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. Avengers and X-Men. We're talking X-Men Unlimited. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we're talking X-Men number 11. But first. But first, news? News? News. I don't don't have too much news. There's there's three things. One was just I put Multiverse of Madness because we saw it. Hopefully you saw it. We're not going to spoil it right now. No, we're not going to spoil it. This isn't that. Don't know your muffs. Don't worry. But, you know, it's sweeping the the nations. Yeah, it's, well, probably. Well, uh, we did record our, <laughs> our, our post our post movie immediately when we got home thoughts. And then we we're like, oh, we're going to make a episode. OK, you're going to Chicago. Bye. Bye. <laughs> but maybe um, maybe this weekend we'll see it a second time. Oh. And then we can um, put those thoughts together after having some time to process what our first thoughts were, and then maybe that'll come out. Well, regardless, I am diggity down to see it a second time. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Covers. We got a couple of new covers. Craven the Hunter on the cover of X-Force wearing Beast's fur. Yeah, get him, Craven. I honestly, I was so excited and so like, yeah. You show me me Moira wearing Banshee's face, I'm out. You show me Craven wearing Beast's face, I'm in. I'm in. You even see, I didn't even notice it at first, the... The lower jaw is like descended, like a necklace almost. Oh my god! And he's just wearing his head on his hat, like as a hat on his head. Wow! I have not seen this, but I'm picturing it in my mind. He's got Deadpool's head on a spear. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I feel like Deadpool's head is generally not attached to his body. He'll come back. He's fine. I do want to confirm that we have seen a cover for X Men number thirteen, so we're good for now. We're good. I just I, I wanted to clarify one. that. Yeah, yeah. We got it's, a number it's 13. The one, and we've seen this for a while, actually. It's the one where Cersei and Icarus and Jean and Scott are on the cover, and they're all doing their respective things that are very similar to each other. Mm. Eye beams and head flourishes. Oh, yeah. And there was Wow, a... I just made that connection. Do they have similar powers? Yeah. I mean, just those powers. Yeah, that's true. The Eternals the have other things. Can't be flying nowhere. Captain Krakow can be. That's true. Pop, pop. And there's a new trans character coming to Marvel Voices Pride number one, which releases in Amazing. June. Sheila Sexton will make her debut as Marvel's new trans mutant superhero. And she's not alone. She also brings along her best friend and fellow trans mutant, Morgan Red, as well as their genetically engineered flying turtle, Hibbert. Okay, dope. I'm interested to see that turtle, but more so. I'm, I'm glad that... We're expanding our universe to be more inclusive. Yeah. And we're getting some new characters and some new stories. And apparently, Sheila sees herself as a villain. Oh, nice. 
but like a villain that helps people. Mm, yeah, well, I think all villains think they're helping someone. Sure, 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 sure. But they don't like to use their mutant powers, and we'll see why. Oh, cool. All right, so... What are all the big news? Those are the big news. Those are the big things. You got some... Cheese puff on my face? Cheese puff on your face. It's vegan, everybody. Don't worry. It's for my safety. We're talking X-Men Unlimited? Yeah, let's talk about X-Men Unlimited. I got to tell you, this was one of the first times where I went to the Marvel Unlimited app early and was so excited to check out X-Men Unlimited after last week. And we're on another story. I know. I was disappointed. So, and, and... I said no out loud, which isn't fair because the story is good on its own, but it was not what I was looking for. It yeah, was we needed not what more I was of expecting. that X-Men Green. I need to know what's going on with that team. You can't leave that bomb drop like that. And that's that's what X-Men Element is doing, you know? They're teasing you, and it likely will continue before the next month, you know? So yeah. it, it's almost like you're getting that next issue coming. Yeah. But, but still, I was... Yeah, I did the same thing when I not I didn't open it first thing, but when I opened it uh, and it I saw like that it was Monday like, downtime part three, I was like, oh, yeah. But stranded with Madrox and Strong Guy, it's still fun. We get a recap of the little monsters. What happened? What happened with the X Corp plane disappearing? X Corp was like, we gotta get out of here. No, nah, we're not here. And then we find out. There's a whole island of these crazy monsters. Goom is alarmed to find visitors. Friends that are monsters, but we got monsters that are not our friends who are trying to take you to the king. The king. I don't know what this Wi-Fi is, but I will ask the king. I will ask the king. And the king is uh, not happy. And he's trying to take over Krakoa. Yeah. King Zemnu. You Which, say that like I should know what it means. I I know that you don't know who Zemnu is. I know who Zemnu is. Okay. I'm just excited. Tell me, who is it? He's just a big, hairy, mind-controlling guy that I have an action figure of. Oh, he was cool. A, the build-a-figure for the villains wave. Oh. Recently. Well, that's cool. I don't really know Zemnu's character history. I just know no, a very basic amount of, hey, that's, that's Zemnu. Hey, that's that guy. And apparently he's the king, and he's not... Here to listen to you rebelling against his wishes. <laughs> Not here for it. No, I mean, he, he sees these two mutants as the way to take over Krakoa, right? So that's that's his plot. That's his plan. Crazy. But I don't think it's going to happen for you, sir. No, as we see, you know, Madrox is forming a giant kaiju type monster as they then battle with... The regular size Zemnu, strong guy kind of throwing himself at him. And now they're like, hey, we're, we're friends. We can have a gate here on Monster Island. We can bring some of these little blue guys home with us. Yeah. Which Monet, Monet is like, nah. Not happy to see. Nah, get those guys out of here. And I just, like, strong guy's so sad that the the dupe that he reluctantly befriended because he thought he was hanging out with the Prime. Got sucked back in. And he's like, no, just leave him. Can't can I just... Can uh, you just give me a friend? Yeah. Can I just have one friend that hangs out with just me? And it's just so interesting to think of how Jamie's powers work. He's like, that was a lot of fun, bud. You know, that was, we should do that again. But he doesn't know how much fun it was until he absorbed the dupe. Right. right. This was after yeah. he says that. Yeah. I just think it's that in itself is funny. This was fun. It was a good ending to this story. I, I almost kind of forgot about where we had left off previously, but... I was not expecting Zemnu at all to be no. the, the deep cut random villain all along. Writer and artist Jason Liu, letters by Joe Sabino. He sees Joe Sabino. Joey Sabino. 
Okay, let's get into those free comic book day comics. So we're, we're doing a little hopping around. We're not talking about the whole two issues. No. We're talking about the pieces that we're interested in. I read the whole thing, both I did, of them. I read the whole Judgment Day one. Yeah. But I didn't read the whole Spider-Man Venom one. So was, that's what we're starting with. Spider-Man, Venom, free comic book day. I don't love the look of Venom on this cover. That's pretty textbook for a JRJR Spider-Man, sure, but uh, Venom just looks kind of weird. You know what you think? It just looks very small. Mm, and I not, guess. Not in, in a comparison posture. to... Like he looks the same size as Spider-Man. Yeah, and he is in a Spider-Man posture, and I feel right. like he should be a little bit more hunchbacky. Menacing, yeah. Yeah. That's how I, I know my Venom. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Page turn noise. Elroy Huxley. Nice little random character moment. Little Chewing details. His- Non-sugar-free gum. You liar. Sending his mail. Just having. A, he's just trying to have some normalcy, some, some personal time. You know, right, right. Just trying to have his moment, chewing his gum, and then his wife doesn't know about. And then a demon-infested mailbox attacks. It's pretty intense. This is reminiscent of classic Inferno all over the place. Right? Oh well. There you go. I haven't heard that story yet. Well, there you go. <laughs> One day we'll get to it, friends. One day. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. And I was like, what's going on with this mailbox? So in Classic Inferno, the entirety of New York starts getting infected by demons and spirits of demons. Oh. And, and so mailboxes, elevators, all sorts of random things throughout the city start coming alive and attacking people. Oh, my goodness. Gravy. But don't worry, because Spider-Man's here. With quips. Trying to make kids. jokes. Trying to make jokes when there's violence. Oh, sorry. I'm just I'm too busy being Spider-Man, doing Spider-Man things. I love the postal worker coming in afterwards. Oh, my God. You know, he defeats the mailbox. You sure. just destroyed a mailbox. Right. It just It's classic Spider-Man. It's just so much of him getting in trouble for trying to do the right thing and him realizing, what am I talking about? I'm Spider-Man. I don't have I to stay just, here for this. I can just leave. I don't oh, have no. to do this. Hey, look. Oh, yeah, there's crime over here. Just up over this ledge. Bye now. Gotta go. Who's this woman looking out her window? Not the woman I'm interested in. It's Mm -hmm. on the next page. You're interested in this shadowy figure in the alley. The Goblin Queen. Dun, dun, dun. You want to talk about Inferno? You want to talk about dark and mysterious villains? Who is this? Is this? She says, I should hope so, Ben. Is that the guy who's a clone of Spider, a po- clone of Peter Parker? Yeah, look at you. Look at me. I was going to ask you, what do you know about Ben Riley? I know that. He's a clone of Peter Parker. Yeah. I'm not sure how closely this is going to tie into X-Men. I'll be honest, I, I don't think it will, but it's interesting that we've got multiple plots weaving X-Men and Spider-Man characters together. Yeah. And then there's something about Venom and something about All Out Adventures, but I don't really care about either of those. <laughs> But there's going to be but, a series called Dark Web. Yeah, I believe a, a mini or like an a event mini. of sorts. Yeah. Wow. Well, then maybe we should read it. Maybe we'll see. Ho But Ben Riley. Yes. Has recently become Chasm. What does that mean? He's an evil this guy. He's been evil. twisted, and his memories and history have been erased. A lot of people are upset about it. Honestly. Mm. Uh, I mean, I can understand if you're going to rewrite a character like that. Right. Ben Riley fans everywhere are upset, and rightfully so. But uh, the prospect of him teaming up with Madeline Breyer, that sounds really cool. You know, yeah. They have a lot in common. They are both dark, twisted versions of their cloned Oh, they're both clones. Right. 
Well, would you look at that? We actually had a couple of questions on this. Legion on Zoom oh, sick. wants to know what we think about Crazy Maddie teaming up with Crazy Ben. <laughs> Laughing face. Sounds like a crazy good time. Right. I, I just, yeah, let's go. I, I don't know what else Maddie was going to be doing. I, I'm still interested in where she goes with New Mutants, but it sounds like she's already yeah. setting up side projects. I feel like I'm waiting so long for that story. A lot of people have said that. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's because of delays or... Mm. Because it's one of the titles that wasn't getting relaunched, so they wanted to give runway to those titles. Well, it's interesting because it seems like her and Ileana are going to be doing some sort of negotiation of the Dark Dimension space. The limbo, yeah. So maybe this is like a result of that. Like she gets a little bit of that power back and then begins. I mean, she's got the crown. She definitely has the crown, which may be giving away a little too much, but. And she is in control of a small demon. Right. And that was one of the small ones. Mm-hmm. And Warlion wants to know, with Craven the Hunter, MJ and Chasm crossing over with the X-Men, do you think writers will remember the fact that Mayday Parker was identified as a mutant fetus during Onslaught? I don't know. Will they? Probably not. I bet they won't. I don't they, th- they forget things like that because there's too many things to remember. Right. Yeah. That's definitely true. But also, I don't think I've seen anything relative to Mayday Parker in a while, especially in the 616. Mm. Uh, so I, I would be surprised if they bring that up. It, it's more of like a, we don't touch continuity points until we want to do something with them in particular. Yeah. So but if we don't have to do anything with it, we're just going to leave it alone. It would be an even cooler, deeper tapestry of connection between Spider-Man and the mutants. But as we saw in Amazing Spider-Man number one, MJ's got her own family going on, apparently, that no one knew about. (laughs) Is this the new Zeb Wells one that you were reading? Yeah. Cool. I just read this tiny little free comic book day comic, and I was like, wow, Spider-Man comics are fun. Yeah. I mean. I mean, the guy always liked Spider-Man. He's quips and he's silly. Yeah. I like Zeb. Yeah. I mean, still have issue one if you want to check it out. I mean, I haven't even read issue two of Captain Carter yet, so I got to do that first. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Got things to do, but that's good. My life is slowing down a little so my outside craziness so i could get back to the the comic life and we're speeding it back up though with free comic book day avengers slash x-men number one i love this cover bomb 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 yeah it's pretty cool this is just all out epic all these different characters coming in valerio shidi martha gracia oh i do want to call out it was written by zeb wells art by jrjr john romita jr inks by scott Hanna, colors by marcio menez Letters by Joe Caramagna. I'm sorry. Um, what do you mean VCs? I don't. You do. It says right there. VCs, well, I, uh, Joe I said Caramagna. it correctly, though. I don't argue with me anymore. We've made the statement. I just have to say it for the for the sake of saying it. He's his own person, okay? Joe, you're your own person, Joe. Give me a page to noise. Okay. We got our character sets. The machine is giving us our, our rundown. And I know the machine... Because I'm three issues into the Eternals run now, slowly but surely. All right. I got distracted by the Thor run with when when Jane Foster becomes Thor and oh. Gore the God Butcher. And you read that? I started to. Yeah, I'm a couple. Nice. I'm actually further into that than I am into the Eternals, just because I was really excited about that. I gotta say, I'm interested that the introduction to the mutants is this the original five. Right. Well, because that's when they were just mutants, right? That's when they weren't a problem, basically. Oh. And, and I feel like. Knowing that this is from the machine's perspective, the machine is essentially the the home and structure of the Eternal Society. And so to see the mutants in their original form when they were fine, we didn't have to worry about them Mm. until they started to 
potentially and, deviate. Dun, dun, dun. And then is this the original Avengers team? No. Okay, so never mind then. I was mm. going to say maybe they're showing like them all in their OG forms, but... No, that's a more modern... Um, maybe not too modern, actually. But it's definitely not the original. Scarlet Witch and Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, were on not technically... Captain America was not on the original team. He joined, I think, in issue four. What? Well, just just a, a million years ago or so. To the Stone Age Avengers, which has been a thread that's been building over the last couple of years. One million BC, the Stone Age Avengers. This is Odin? This is Odin. Where he lost his eyeball? Is it Well, before, after he lost his eyeball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like we saw that, we see that. Isn't that why Thor loses an eyeball? To be like a callback to, to this. To Now he's like his dad. And I don't, he doesn't have an eyeball. I don't know if that's why he lost an eyeball. But yeah, similar. It's like Now we're both missing our eyes. And Great. We're, we're family connection. Odin is on the Avengers 1 million BC team. Okay. And there's a full team. They're kind of analogs of other common Avengers characters. There's a Black Panther. There's a Hulk type character. There's an Iron Fist type character. Agamotto is on the team, like Eye of Agamotto. Oh, essentially like a Doctor Strange type. Cool. And we're talking. We're talking with Uranus, who is Thanos's great uncle. Oh, well, he's not happy about these telepathic monkeys. No, he's not, because a thinky monkey can just be a thinky monkey, but until it's not. Until it's not, right? Well, what? When is just a mutant more than a singular mutant? Mutation can be mutation, but it can also be deviancy. This idea of if it's making societal advancement, potentially causing a threat, that's when, okay, you're, you're deviating from what you should be as an individual or as a, a, a person. I think that the uh, Eternals need to sit the flark down. Yeah, well, they're not going to because it's hardwired into their system from a million years ago. Yeah. They just, they got to do it. Regardless of if mutants actually are deviants or not, they believe it. Or at least they're starting to as they kill all these little monkeys. They just, just up in flames. There they go. Bye-bye, monkeys. But what's a, what's a societal advancement that might pose a threat? Maybe resurrection? Maybe death not affecting them anymore? Maybe mutant combinations? Yeah. Chimeras? Mutant technology. Dun, dun, dun. Well, now we're back. To recently. I don't even know. You look at this guy and he's got Wolverine claws and Cyclops eye beams. Yeah. What even is this monster? Don't know. Avengers avenging as the Eternals come in. Excess deviation doesn't roll the same way as Avengers assemble. Like No. Icarus and Cersei come in and excess deviation as the entire, I mean, even Avengers assemble never make sense to me because. They're already assembled. You've already assembled. You're now charging. You're now attacking. Like, <laughs> We've already been assembled, Cap. We're here. We're behind you. But the machine's narrative text box is asking the big questions. When are the mutants, as we know them, a problem? Well, uh, seems like right about now. Right about now. When is a thinky monkey just a thinky monkey? And when is it a ticking atom bomb? I love the tick, tick, tick over Krakoa on the next page. Mm, yes. That's so cool. I, I just really love this as an overall primer for the AXE event, and it makes it seem like it's so much more intentional that these different subsects of the Marvel Universe are coming together for this big conflict. Yeah. 
poor Avengers are just like, hey, we're trying our best. We're here. We're doing what we're trying to do, you know? We just want everybody to be friends. Jack of knives, cracking the secret of death. Sneaky, sneaky. So the mutants don't even get to reveal their big secret. It's not even on them. It seems like the Eternals now all know. And somehow they get invited to the Hellfire Gala or, or they just crash the gala or something. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will. But they're not happy about it. Yeah, I'm here to take him down. Jack of Knives references that source of yours was correct. I wonder who that would be or if that's going to be something that's already been revealed in internal. So the source that told Jack of Knives that the mutants oh. have solved for death. So he comes back in. That source of yours didn't lie, Druig. The mutants and death aren't a thing anymore. They're eternal. Don't be ridiculous. They're immortal at best. But also, they're not on our maybe level. Maybe there's an Orcus connection. Potentially. An Orcus source. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who Druig knows. Yeah, me either. The Eternals have been around for millions of years. But we'll find out in Judgment Day, beginning this July. It's all prologue until the splash page, and then it's a crazy monster battle. I thought it was such a great primer. It just gives Mm -hmm. you a snapshot of what the Eternals are coming in with. You know, this is this is a part of their history their culture the the big driving force of who they are is that they correct excess deviation and they see mutants especially mutants solving for death attaining eternal like power as a deviation as yeah. a, as a mockery of of their society of their strengths which yeah it's interesting too this um splash page where you see the eternals are on one side and the mutants are on the other side and the Avengers are in the middle facing off with both of them. So it sort of seems like at first when I was hearing about it or thinking about it, I thought it was going to be, Avengers you know, versus X-Men part two. Right. Like either the Avengers were going to be on the X-Men side or the Avengers were going to be on the Eternal side. But if this image is any indication, which <laughs> could mean nothing. That's true. Then the Avengers are trying to keep the peace between the two groups. Yeah. They're trying to, to mediate the situation. They're trying to keep the peace, but also trying to not get called out for the fact that their base is a dead celestial. Yeah. And that is the gods of the Eternals. And mm-hmm. they would likely also be very upset with that. I don't know how much they know. Again, not reading Avengers, trying to catch up on Eternals. There's only so much you can do. Written by Kieran Gillen. Art by Dustin Weaver. Color art by Marta Gracia. Letter. I skipped Bloodline, Blade's daughter. They're coming. It's not that I'm not interested. I just didn't know Blade had a daughter. We'll see if it's important. And there there it is. But now, let's talk about Krakoa. Yeah. The little Jerry Dugan, Matteo Lolly preview of what might be coming in the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. Because that, at least for some of the past couple of years, and I haven't done Free Comic Book Day in a while since the last few years, but... They've been previews of some big things coming. So mm. the the last one that I remember that had an X-Men focus, there was some preview art for Ten of Swords as they were. Some of the art still changed and some of the narrative captions was different in the final printed version. But it was kind of the Saturnine collecting the the energy or the, the creature from another universe mm. to create the tarot cards. To Interesting. Yeah. But this, this is clearly Moira. Giving us a little narrative. Oh, man. Oh, man. Krakoa was my idea. A cure for the X gene eluded me. That, though, okay. When I read this, I was like, okay, excuse me. Are you saying that Moira, Life 10 Moira, all along went to Charles Xavier to have the idea of building Krakoa 
so that she could get all the mutants in one place to more easily destroy them? I don't know. Because she says, okay, Charles Xavier had a dream. Well, perhaps it was not his dream, but he was the necessary face of it. Krakoa was my idea. I wanted all bad eggs in one basket, but a cure for the X gene eluded me. Yeah, I so, just, I did not get, and they might write to reveal that it's different. I never got a feeling of, she also wasn't in a lot, but I didn't get a feeling of Moira going back to the cure idea until later right, on. Right, like not, not from the start. No, but I'm saying, is this like kind of a retcon moment of saying she was kind of doing that from the start? Because it just feels like to say all the bad eggs in one basket and to say that this was your plan from like Krakoa was your plan. Yeah. And it's because you wanted to gather everybody together. Like that just feels kind I, of. Honestly, I don't like that. If that is what they're trying to do, I feel like that cheapens the whole Kirkoan idea from the start that she was never fully into it as a as a thing and I, I didn't get that sense from the start of it you know it, this felt like the Hail Mary throw but she had her back pocket plan of if this doesn't work what else could yeah but also at the end in a thousand years mutants could rule the planet we cannot let the mutants win so did she always know that this was the way to potentially right. get it to win she still doesn't know about Omega Sentinel Crazy. We got our brand ambassadors who are winning with their Krakoan medicine. At first during this, I was like confused. You know, when we get to her and her aunt talking about her going to the Hellfire Gala, I was like, why is she going? And then I was like, oh, well, because she's Krakoa a representative. brand ambassador. She's a brand ambassador. Humans embracing the miracles of Krakoa seems to be a common thread leading into AXE. Mm. The medicines and what they've done for MJ and Anna, even the data page coming up in x-men where captain america talks about the benefits of what the mutants have done with Araco mm -hmm. and how that separates the conflict it's just very interesting where where they're carving these very distinct lines of where people fall it's almost as if moira knows that the eternals are going to come for them <gasps> calling them evolutionary deviants who stole fire from the gods what if moira is the source maybe that would make sense I'm calling everything I think from now on. Oh, God. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I kind of do that anyway, but like. Yep. I think it could be. I mean, she has already shown that she has tapped into Orcus's secret communications. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if she has the Eternals phone number, you know. Right. Like, how's she going to get in touch with them? Or if there's been, you know, this is, this is where a past lives of Moira series would have been in important where they're telling you oh yeah in this life i hung out with the eternals and i was <laughs> yeah. like yeah i'm, I'm kind of like you guys i've been here for a long time <laughs> but these next couple of pages the actual avx to see a battle and this is only this is like avengers versus the x-men team like they have a whole island of mutants guys what's namor doing over here he's in the wrong side he has aligned himself with the avengers he's made that very clear Made that clear last Hellfire Gala. He's with yeah. the Illuminati or with the brewing Avengers Council in the conflict coming. These um these one on one battles. Oh yeah. Love it. This Magneto and the reflection of Captain yeah. America's shield and then just crushing his skull with it. There's been so many memes and gifs and and you know jokes about the fact that Magneto could never be the Avengers villain because right. of his power taking out the big three. All their metal. Right. But the snapped neck of Rogue from Captain Marvel. Revenge, baby. Yeah. I mean, I like where I landed, but still, 
he messed with me pretty bad back in the 80s mm. oh and then it's it's all fun and games when we get back home and put aunt anna to bed and until someone wants to steal your skin i saw ye on tv yeah she's very accented all of a sudden uh, she's always kind of had i mean classically maybe not not recently she's been saying ye yeah that's true and it's also it's very sporadic too like Ask me who I'll be wearing. I'll be wearing you. I'll be wearing ye, Moira. Come on, ye. Commit to the bit. How do you feel about this? I feel conflicted. I feel excited. I feel interested. It's another skin suit, though. I don't know. So so Rufy O'Connor, Michael, wants to know the question that's on all of our minds. How crazy was that last page? When you wake, I'll be wearing you. Is MJ going to die? And I don't know, because like... If you look at the page of Moira wearing Banshee's head, it's not a convincing suit. You know, it, it is like, hey, Banshee looks awfully flabby in his face skin right, area. Right. Like there's there's robot eyes underneath those eyes. Actually, she was a human at that point. But right. still, like the idea that she's going to be able to take away MJ's full figure and features and, and apply that to her robot skeleton? I don't know. I just feel like this written by Jerry would potentially negate a lot of what Zeb is building in his arc of Spider-Man. Mm. You know, how how do you have this massive reveal of what Peter did or all these other things that MJ's been doing with her new family if MJ is actually Moira McTaggart the entire time? Yeah, maybe there's like, because it seems like at the end, Moira's hands are like pressing into MJ's face. Maybe there's some way because for robot Moira to like upload her consciousness into MJ's body in order to get into the gala. Yeah, or using some kind of tech to manipulate her in some or way. Or like scan her body and then make her... Like her a hologram, yeah, yeah. Like, her, like she's someone else. Yeah, I don't think she's going to die. I feel like that would be a very bold decision to make for a character that does not have a resurrection protocol. And right. And it would be like a kind of a huge deal in the Spider-Man universe right. to be killing a character in the Spider-Man universe for something that's happening in the X-Men universe. I feel like. I don't know, though. But to that point, I feel like it's all getting muddled together. And and that's always been in the back of my mind where the X-Men story is going is that it's serving up to be a giant Marvel wide crossover of sorts. Mm. Yeah. I just can imagine Spider-Man fans being. Well, they're already infuriated. They're already upset to just see the fact that what what are they doing to MJ? Yeah. I think Zeb has made it clear that he does not like MJ. It or, seems that she's got a whole other family. Yeah, right, right. But he yeah. doesn't like MJ, and he doesn't like Peter being happy. <laughs> does anybody right. ever? Does any writer ever like Peter being happy? No, you can only be happy for so long, and then we want the misery. Then we want the quips. We want the constant questioning of your life and your choices, and. All that great power, all that great responsibility. Poor, poor Peter Parker. Poor Peter Parker. Parker! I was literally just going to do that, but yours was much better than mine would have been. I've practiced it. <laughs> Many times. That was, that was crazy. That was probably one of the best free comic book day issues I've read in a while. It was, that was an insane, like... A lot of information for a lot drop. of upcoming energy. And I think it's because you have the AXE headliners and then you even shoehorn Spider-Man world at the end. Yeah. But I mean, it is such a good idea. Let's give away free comics that hype up all oh, these yeah. stories that we've got coming out. Right. 
I was talking to Chris at the comic shop and there was a ton of new people, people that had never been there before. I uh, was cool. asked questions like that, you know, brings people in. Will they come back? You don't know, but they have something and maybe they're interested and they know what the thing is that they, I mean, the, the second part, if you were to just read the second, like Krakoan thing, I don't know how much you get as a brand new reader. Right. She'd be like, Who's this robot lady that be wearing ye? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It doesn't give you that overarching backstory synopsis thing that the axe one right. did which you know that might be enough and and you kind of get the idea that oh they've solved for death but who is this robot lady i yeah. don't know but intrigue intrigue mystery x-men oh yeah ladies night is here and they're ready to rumble i love this cover yeah i do too almost as much as i love the trading card variant cover with cordyceps jones by lucas wernock oh I just, I always, I never regret getting the trading card. No, they're great. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm so ready. Page turn noise. Hey, Gambit, we got to get a hold of our bookie and see if we can make bets about Game World. Flark in the bed. Can we short a casino? Rocket Raccoon. Man, if there weren't enough big bads swirling around in this cocktail that is X-Men. Let's bring back Mojo. It all seems part of his plan. Mojo wanted Game World for Mojo World. Crazy. He wanted the gambling. He wanted this as an element. And Cordyceps took over from the inside, literally, uh, Mm -hmm. infesting the shareholders with his fungus and holding them hostage for their stakes in the company. I love this little clam lawyer. (laughs) The clam lawyer. so cute. The goat PA tech assistant of some kind. They're all so cute. Yeah. I love them. And Mojo is so terrifying. He hates it. We're going to short Earth. We're going to make it seem like we're shorting Earth. He's got a plan the whole time. But the ladies are going to Game World. And that's that's part of his plan. And they're not here for the spa. No, no. They're here to look awesome. Pepe Laraz posted a picture today. He had an alternate take of this opening panel of the four of them that he even inked afterwards. He didn't like where it was going. So he Mm -hmm. redrew of them all kind of coming in together. I think Laura's head was off to the side, like looking in different head angles. Just cool to see the, the process. process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this this guy with all the eyeballs. Oh, snap. Is that Mysterio? That's, that's Mysterio. Oh, oh uh, let me uh, write this way. Yeah. You are our most important guests. Yeah. Interesting that they're talking about the uptick in alien incursions since Arako was reborn on Mars. Mm. Also, just the name incursion. Relevant relevance we make our own luck feels like a domino line <laughs> pj has a question for us later so mm-hmm. great pj i love you well we got a title page now high rollers a busted hand written by jerry dugan art by pepe Larraz, color art by mate gracia letters by clayton coles bc's clayton coles our title page text summing up all of our big threats and for some reason we're still recapping the fact that the Ben Yurick B-plot was a disappointment. And I say that absolutely loving this issue and absolutely loving the last couple of issues. But why are we keep on bringing it up? Because something's about, like, because yeah, it's yeah, got to yeah, come no, back. I know. You, you're you're pointing to the gun that's going to get fired in the third act. Like They're you, saying, hey, don't forget about this. Right. Sure. Hey, this is still important. Nobody's going to forget about it. Everybody's still upset about it. Yee. Everybody is me. Everybody was like, yee, okay. All right. You ready? Digging yes. in. Digging in. Rocket recapping what game world is and giving us some insight into their bigger plan. Is he doing a card trick during this? That's what it looks like. 
it's the same card that he pulls up while seemingly shuffling. It's always the Ace of Spades. Yeah. I was like, is he doing some kind of card trick or are we just only going to draw one card? Just, is this your card? Is this still your card? This is your card. As we get back to Game World and we fan out, I love capitalism's final form. (laughs) This isn't even my final form. (laughs) Oh, Polaris, that dress. I don't know. Is this redemption for for so many people not liking her Hellfire Gala outfit last year? And then them being in their Hellfire Gala outfits now and she's like, well, you know what? Let me just get a new dress. Honestly, this is the best her last year dresses looked in this issue like that opening spread of the four of them coming in the best is like i had no inclination that she's a jellyfish person well who drew it pepe marte like you know the the kings yes the the ultimates but yeah i thought honestly it seems as though polaris's plan does not actually involve buying this dress i do have to say it is kind of disappointing to me to see polaris in the x-men books because I feel like she was really finding her own voice mm-hmm. in X Factor. And now it's like in X-Men, she's just uninterested in what's going on. Coffee drinking girl. Drinking her coffee and now she's shopping. Yeah. What are we doing to her? It seems like a reductive sense of her character. Yeah. Yeah. She's so much more than that. Now we have Iron Man and Captain Marvel pushing Sunfire's buttons. They want to play too. Hey, what are you guys doing in space? We want to go in space. We want to do space stuff. Go away, Avengers. You can't sit with us. Like, we you don't can't sit with us. We don't need you. We got space. I got like seven other mutants hanging out in the wings to be the next X Men. I don't need you guys. You don't even know. You don't even know how dumb you are. You don't even know the goalie is the most important player of the game. Meanwhile, in the sewer, in a in a particularly evil, evil part, part of, of New, New Jersey. Jersey, I do love this. The art, the light, the the shadows. The flashlights and the, the like, the illumination of their faces. Yeah. Just this page in particular looks really great. It's really well done. Captain Gurko has a great point. Why are we lying to the Avengers? It just feels like you're eliminating a potential ally in this conflict and, and stirring up something more that might come. But also, I could see different things. Like, I don't know a lot about comic versions of the characters but what i know about tony stark is i could see tony stark getting jealous and wanting to then try to create a version of this for humans and or version of what resurrection oh so i'm not even talking about resurrection i'm talking like the avengers came asking about why everybody went out to space all of they specifically reference the uptick in extraterrestrial like why are they not telling them about game world like why are why are we getting attacked by all of these aliens and the team's going off into space and you're not telling us about it. Mm. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Why keep them in the dark? Maybe it's because the four of them, the four ladies, might die on this trip mm. and we don't want... And then you'd have to find out about resurrection. Right. That's why we can't hang. You can't. Sit with us. Sync is able to use Jean's power from Game World or just residual power storage? Muscle memory. Right. We've talked about this. Something I just, I'm always trying to watch his evolution... Right. His power because that seems like it's changing over time. It's uh, increasing. Because there was a very specific reference that he used Gene's power from Arako mm-hmm. and was able to say, and then he passed out because of it. So I assume that it's a residual storage of that mm-hmm. power. But we, yeah, because we, we talked about this in a previous episode that it was muscle memory too. Like it stores. He's getting his, better and better at it and, yeah. and can recall it easily. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So <laughs> divide and conquer. Wolverine's job here is to get caught. And not like this. But not like this. Girl. No, this this is definitely not part of the plan. 
cordyceps taking over her using his fungal infection. Would, would Wolverine be able to fight this? I would feel like there would have to be something with the regeneration power that, that would that's what I'm start to, to, to fight off the infection. or the, So maybe at some point in the future, she'll be able to, to break it. Yeah. You know, or, or, or fight through it a little bit. But yeah, I definitely, I didn't think of that before, but I definitely think. It just seems like she's taken out really easily. And I guess that might be, you know, you look at how Cordyceps is seemingly moving through a gust of dirt and, yeah. and able to infect her. God, oh, this page. Sink Wolverine. Okay, but. Born and getting cocky over his boss. Why does he say, I've been Wolverine longer than anyone alive? Because he has. He was Wolverine for centuries in the vault. Is synced up with Wolverine. But is he more, is he older than Logan? I mean, if you count Origins timeline then i would assume yeah mm. we don't have an exact birth date but it was kind of before the 1900s you know yeah. I, i'd maybe place that at 1800 1850 yeah okay but either way he's been wolverine bodies, for like 500 years these bodies they'd be being disposed of right these are the experiments I had a question on this later on, especially relative to the data page. They're doing something. They're doing something. They don't want to be interrupted. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you your props just because you walk in with claws. I don't. I don't care. And, yeah. and he knows too because Sink is not displaying anything Wolverine, right? As he walks in, but Bornin recognizes the fact that what you're a Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. They smell each other. Smells like a Wolverine. I've been Wolverine longer than anyone alive. It's such an interesting because that. Exactly to your question, he has, technically. Yeah. I guess that's true, yeah. You know, the the time in the vaults that he spent honing that and, and using that as a residual power store, and, and even as some of the first power abilities that he was able to sync with over time continuously, there's so much more to sync than we know. So much more to explore. But yeah, Polaris went shopping. She went shopping and she looks amazing. She looks amazing. She went shopping, but at least she learned stuff. I do want to call out like, hey, Rogue, where was your character moment? Because everybody else gets great work done mm -hmm. in terms of, hey, they did a thing. You know, they did it. Yeah, she brought in the Mysterium. She was kind of calling the shots on the floor. Okay, so she's okay. she's plan but lead. what did she do? What she's been doing on her recon. Yeah, Polaris got a dress, but she also learned that the workers here are essentially slaves and will have their homes destroyed if they rebel. Yeah, that's big news. And also these robot dancers are slot machines. <laughs> Multiple discoveries by Polaris. Rogue, what have you been up to? You been gambling? Probably. Where's Remy? Taking after Gambit. Is he here? No, this is a girl's only trip. Yeah. Get ready for the chess metaphor for Queen Jean playing up the connection to the original time as Phoenix again. There's a reference to the world being ended. The fact that never again, she doesn't want to see a, a world get snuffed out. Well, well, yeah, well. might've been responsible for that. Or at least the Phoenix posing as me that then got. No, but I never let the Phoenix be in control of me. Oh uh, yeah, man, man. That's what she said. Arguable. <laughs> but then Cordyceps is back. He's gotten bigger. I remember him in the beginning having a much more narrow neck. And now he's like this big, wide fungus man. He's, he's a fungus, right? He's he, growing. He expands. He grows. And especially if you plant his spores, I just, you look at the size of him, because when we first saw him in X-Men, he was just inhabiting that dead astronaut's yeah. body. 
and he was coming out of the skull. And it's essentially the, the cover for the trading card variant of this issue. But now he's got multiple places where he's able to draw power from. Is that what's allowing him to expand? I'm curious, how many people can he take over? Because he even says, technically, I'm all around you. you know, right. Is he in multiple people in this room within the room right does he need some kind of proximity they're 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 getting that information right does he have like a hive mind situation well genie you've been fungused yeah Ah, much more encompassing threat than i originally thought and like what do you think is the reaction to Jean? like is she taken down right now is she taken over are all four of them going to be taken over i think that's where we're headed Unless Rogan Polaris do something to stop it. That's a, we got a big issue next. But we got a data page now. Orcus Protocol, the Oblivion Institute, founded on the head of a school, wrong principle. <laughs> principal versus principal. Mm. But really curious as to what this is setting up. The message to all at the Oblivion Institute with one last serum. Is this part of an attack? Is this something that we see the after effects of of all those bodies getting thrown into the the kiln maybe you know the the serum when we saw at the origin of captain krakoa that was what jacked up the animal human oh, abilities right was that modok's serum no that was the serum that that made I them believe- all ragey no different serum it's from orcus and even stasis even says dr stasis even says in that issue that it came from orcus to right right pump them up but this is also where we get our, our Captain America quote, uh, how he is the the mutant apologist, <laughs> that race traitor, Steve Rogers. Mm. That race traitor. On to the main event. Oh, oh, yeah. Dr. Stasis versus Cyclops. Great Cyclops moments. You don't have to be Captain Krakoa here, Cyclops. Yeah, I know it. He's... I know who you are. Put your, put your leaves down. Face me like a man. Jerry has continually given some solid Cyclops moments, especially in a time when Cyclops is supposedly dead. It's not even Cyclops. Oh, this. I'm just ready for the fight with the sword. Such a. It just shows you, hey, hand to hand. You got it. Cyclops has this. I don't care, Stasis, about how well you've prepared or how many genes you've added to yourself. Oh. Because that eye blast shot, that eye blast shot, I almost. It's like almost a spoiler for the last page, but that eye blast shot reminds me of a shot that I had posted recently from Inferno where Cyclops blasts through Mr. Sinister's body. Oh, interesting. The original Inferno. Right. Well. Because on our last page. Because on the last page, the best moment of my comic life is happening right here, right now. I called it, y'all. Okay. When we read... X-Men number nine. So we're talking about all these X-Villains, right? Mm-hmm. Devin underscore Sawi wonders, who do we think Dr. Stasis is? Does he have an identity that we know or is he fully new? Is he just a guy that's been working on this in his own world? Same as Phalong. First appearance is now... No, X Men One. I think Doctor Stasis could be somebody, especially with. But I have no idea who. It's just what makes me think that he could be is because we've never seen his face, right? And it's always shrouded in shadow, or it's now helmeted up. That's such a good question. Who is he? Right. Do you have any thoughts of who he could be? He's some kind of geneticist. I, you know, I was thinking 
Is he connected to Weapon X in some way? Is he the professor or would it Dr. Be, Cornelius? Would it be? Or are they dead? I don't bonkers and not possible if he was like another version of Sinister who didn't get didn't end up implanting himself with the X gene. Like a rogue clone that's now just... No, like, yeah, maybe. Or right, just, like an out of, out of a control. Non, but a non-mutant right, Sinister. Yeah, yeah. And just, and that's what Sinister sees. And he sees it as a, a an epox to what, the fact that he's embraced mutantdom. And Destiny shows him that and it blows his mind. Hmm. Destiny's like, you're Dr. Stasis. <laughs> You know, I threw it out there. Wouldn't it be nuts if it was Mr. Sinister? And then continuously doubled down on that on every other episode yeah, we, and podcast I appearance. It and I was like, I'm just saying it. I think in the following episode, we were talking about the costume and the cape and the armor and the coloration of their costumes. Mm. And I was like, I'm just doubling down. So it's here and it's in. It's documented that I said this. And here it is right here on this page. Sinister. Sinister with a black club on his head instead of a red diamond. And this Sinister, he is now called, in his data page, he says Orcus Human, and he has called Captain America a race traitor. So when we first talked about it, I said, what if he is the original, like, non-mutant version of Sinister? And it seems as though he might be. Well, so there's there's a handful of things. I don't think that he's the original. I just think that he is a variant of sorts in that he does not have, he is not the line of, eugenics line of sinister that has merged the mutant gene in his body. Mm. The other interesting part is, have we met? Like sinister, Nathaniel Essex knows Cyclops for his entire life in mm-hmm. the sense that Sinister was messing with Cyclops when Cyclops was in the orphanage mm-hmm. as a child. I remember you saying that. So for this Sinister to seemingly not know or, or seemingly be surprised by the fact that Scott recognizes him seems like there's a, a section of memory excised. Honestly, I had to look at the page because I was like, wait, what are you even talking about? I didn't even read this word bubble because this is the last page of the issue. I just, you just saw his face and was like, oh my God, I was right. Holy bananas, I was right. I've never been so shocked about anything. Like, I didn't expect me myself to be right. I wanted to be right. But, you know, you know I love to theorize. You know I love to, to make crazy accusations. And I was right, y'all. I was right. Yep. Justin, Sneaky little Justin Pants over here comes back in the house. He was sitting on the patio. I come in. I'm reading my comics. He's taking a nap, reading the internals. He comes in while I'm reading and he peeps over my shoulder and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, just looking at you. And then he's sitting on the couch across from me. Because I had clocked where you were in the issue. And he's sitting on the couch across from me. And all of a sudden I realize who this is. And I look up and I see that he is recording me. So we have a video, live, real footage of my initial reaction to being so right and i am so excited about it i can't even tell you like vindicated i feel like this is my this is my moment i'm officially an x-men fan now this is your cyclops's captain krakoa moment yes yes because you totally called that but this is like we're coming for you jerry watch out i don't know i feel so proud of myself and so happy and you can't see it but even right now i am smiling the biggest smile i just i feel so excited about this like i i'm just yeah beyond the reveal 
What does yeah. it mean? What is it basically? Mean? That's what that's what we need to talk about, right? So the the preview text for next issue, Origins of Stasis. Even in the narrative caption on the bottom, next, the sinister origins of Dr. Stasis. And I do want to call it so in I, I went back to Immortal X-Men number one. Mm-hmm. Sinister does have the diamond in his forehead at that moment. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that might mean if this was a, a deviation from before then or a, right, a different right. Uh, it's interesting that this club looks more just flush on his head mm. versus the protruding diamond on yes. our sinister. Is the diamond there to cover up this club? No, I don't no. think so. Okay. It just it just feels like a very different labeling of sorts. Yeah. Where I don't know. I mean, my original thought when we first first, because obviously I had to go back and find the episode where I made my theory the first thing I was thinking was that this idea that Sinister would be the downfall of it all or a version of Sinister would be the downfall of it all was what Destiny was whispering in his ear. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Because he is the downfall of a previous generation of this, a previous life of Moria, right? He mm-hmm. sabotages the the breeding pits on Mars. Yeah. It's just like, you know, going back and thinking about it and talking about, oh, he also is making his own version of chimeras. It's just so interesting if this version of Sinister doesn't know anything about the other version of Sinister, how they're still so similar. Right. And we've talked about... And they work with the same skills. Yeah. Even in the going back and just listening to a little bit of the episode that we later in the episode talk about the similarities or talk about, you know, our guests guesses to who he is and that's when I make my prediction you even point out how when he's introduced to Modoc, he's like hello he has the quirks like of his sinister thing right. right he has and and the insistence that he is Dr. Sinister and right. you know like trying to be very formal with titles it's just the campiness that is the sinister that we've known which is an interesting take because that element of sinister was never really a part of his character history until somewhat recently Mm -hmm. you know so to see that this is a version of sinister but it's not the twisted evil mad geneticist that we know and love from the 80s and 90s just a different twisted evil geneticist, who's also kind of goofy and campy right it's crazy it's crazy i just wow this is my crowning moment yep big picture thoughts on the issue I really enjoyed it. I think I did feel a little disappointed in the girls' night in space that they were so easily thwarted, like immediately. One on one. Right, right. But I just like, I was really excited for like the powerful women in space and then to know that they got there and then right away they were kind of starting to unravel. That was a little disappointing to me. But honestly, the whole rest of the issue could have been garbage, which it wasn't, but it could have been. And I would have been obsessed with it because of the ending page yeah i I wasn't i didn't even pick up on on that being something i I do think you know you're bringing in the big guns with these four coming to game world but the fact that cordyceps is able to divide and conquer individually Mm -hmm. and also just really builds up the amount of threat and power that is within him as that uh, and that might even expand if he's able to get control of all four of them. Yeah, that is a good point to say that we do need to show you just how powerful he's gotten. He's a big threat. You do see that physically he has grown. And so we need to know that powerfully 
he's also grown and the threat is more than they thought it was. Right. And just his ability to expand in other people seems to enhance his abilities as well. Yeah. Oh, like does, he gets stronger with every person he... That's what I'm thinking. Because it's not just him taking over someone. It's him growing fungus in yeah. other people. That's nuts. So I just feel like every time he takes over more people, it makes him stronger. I really love this issue. I thought just not only the the reveals and the build up, the commenting on a number of big threats, big plots, mm-hmm. but the amount of juggling in this issue from different thing to different thing. And it's why this feels so different. And even, even the the issue where Rogan Gambit and Destiny yeah. shaking down, because there's multiple threads going on. It's yeah. not just the X-Men go fight this guy or well, the X-Men getting... go fight this guy. And and there's the, the B plot in the background. Yeah. Well, we're getting all those things that were built up in all those other issues. And now we don't need to, we don't need a lot of information about them. We just need to see snippets of how they're progressing because we now know. They're established. This established world. Yeah. Right. And I really love the relationship between Sink and Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about it before that like Sink maybe eventually will become the leader of the X-Men team. And mm-hmm. I feel like Cyclops is really sort of grooming him or guiding him or mentoring him into that place right because he's got a lot of a lot more field experience than cyclops but Mm -hmm. does he actually have the leadership experience that cyclops might be able to train in that way right and the decision making and the you know like hey and what to tell other people and all stemming from this decision about ben yurik right that we're talking about how is that going to tie back in why they keep bringing it back up well Sink made that decision on his own without consulting anybody, without being thinking of its consequences. And so now Cyclops is like, all right, let me take you under my wing yeah, and show you how to do it. I mean, my first question we've kind of talked about, the big reveal. How does it feel? What does it mean? You know, the, the fact that this sinister does not potentially know Cyclops or does not know that Scott knows his face very interesting makes me question if is this an older version of him or at the very least one that has a very specific memory starting point because we know our sinister does things like that mm. uh, it has a lot of implications for where things are potentially going with immortal x-men it just feels like this feels like a big reveal this that, is huge that connects to other things it's not just a big reveal in x-men no. it's a big reveal for krakoa yeah i totally agree with that I mean, I'm even interested to see what, like, what is the end of this scene? You know what I mean? Like, when we get into the next issue, are we going to be picking up right here? Or are we never going to know the the finish of this moment? Right, because in my mind, Sink has finished up his deal and he's coming over. Yeah. So what happens next? Like, I don't even... Do they kill Stasis? Do they bring Stasis to the council? I feel like they they can't kill Stasis. They got to take him in. I would be upset if they killed Stasis just because of him building... Right. You can't be like, oh my God, Stasis. Who is he? What's he up to? He's a version of Sinister. He's dead now. Well, and especially with the the Sinister origins of Dr. Stasis, we're going to get these answers. We're going to get these answers next issue, and it's just going to fuel and tie in further to... Sinister story in Immortal X-Men. It's going to be, yeah. Or just what else happens with Orcus in X-Men. Because it's crazy. It's so crazy. Keeps it's, on going. It's a game changer, baby. Yeah. Cordyceps. How many people can he take over? And, and most of these, I was asking my questions throughout the episode or throughout the issue. It's all good, yeah. 
I mean, that's a good question. And I wonder, I feel like he has to, there has to be a physical representation of him within everyone he takes over. So, Like a full? No, but like even Wolverine, like she's got some, some fungus stuff coming out of her. Gotcha, gotcha. So like I feel like he, I don't not necessarily know how many people he can take over, but if you're in an instance and someone approaches you, there's not really a way for him to hide that he has taken over this person or that this person is working for him. I don't know. The the two guards, they looked completely regular on the first page where Wolverine drops down. And then his comment about the fact that he's in most of the people in the room that you would not know. Like he mm. might have the ability to disguise a little bit of his infestation. But we don't know a whole lot about how his powers work or how... He's able to do this. Oh, that, that Laura shot. Fungus growing out of her eyeball. It's crazy. Thoughts on the roster in this issue. So I mentioned it before. I felt like Rogue didn't really have her moment. Sunfire had a small moment, but he's also been well served in other issues. And and to be fair, Rogue has had a decent amount of recent issues. So is that a, a disturbance? Is this peak like actually working with the different characters and, and profiles and what they're up to and what they're doing, what's important to them. I think this issue was very much set up for us to know that it wasn't really going to be about the full team, right? Like the four women on the cover, or at least in our, in our conversations, it was like the ladies go to space. So I wasn't expecting to be able to get a, you know, a full wash of everybody and everybody to have equal time. So I feel like the fact that, you know, Sunfire had a moment and then there was the side story going on with Cyclops and Sync. I feel like all of them were served very well. I still think that I do agree. I feel like Rogue could have done something more. And I'm hoping that in the next issue that her and Polaris do something to redeem what happened with them in this issue. Because yes, Polaris found out information, but I don't love that she was like, oh, I'm on a mission, but ooh, I got time to shop. Dresses. You know, I just... I don't know. I don't know where this part of her character came from in that like, oh, she wants to shop. And then like also the sort of mindset that she doesn't really care what's going on or she's just like disinterested in being a superhero is like kind of what it feels like sometimes with her that she's like, yeah, I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm, I come close my eyes, sip my coffee, wave my hand. Whatever. Boo, 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 I did it, you know, but I think. I don't know. I mean, even with Jean, like, I feel like it was like, I'm Jean Grey. And they caught, they, they compare her to the queen and all the others are like her pawns, essentially. Right. Or like, yeah. what do they say? And they just call her the pawns being the security guards as the queen moves in. Right. But then, you know, it's like, oh, the queen moves in, but then she's immediately overtaken. So again, I, I, understand and see your point of like we just need to show you how powerful cordyceps jones is but i think i would have liked to see the women hold their own a little bit more yeah that's fair i feel like especially i questioned it before wolverine getting taken out as easily as she was and, yeah. and even gene just it feels like maybe it's because we and they don't understand how cordyceps power works right and just how easily they're able to do that yeah that's true but like Sink and Cyclops, they're crushing it over there. They have no no issues, no struggles. Yep. Defeating bad guys like it's no problem. But that's one on one. So you have a you have a story of Bornin versus a Wolverine type character, yes. claws versus claws, right? One on one. Claws v claws. And then you have Stasis Sinister 
no powers, just hand-to-hand combat against Cyclops. I mean, he didn't really stand a chance, I don't think. No, even with the sword. (laughs) Right. Even without eye blasts. Right. There was no chance. Just the way Cyclops comes in close, ducks, and socks him in the face. fool, you're a doctor. I've been crushing scrubs like you in the danger room since I was 12. (laughs) Scrubs. PJ wants to know why they didn't invite Domino. Why didn't they invite Domino? I don't know. She's not an X-Man. I feel like it might be just roster lines. Yeah. Yeah, she was off doing some X-Force things. But you think you're going to a place where luck is kind of key. But at the same time, do you think the A, if Domino showed up in her, you know, bolo tie and and suit pants from Hellfire Gala last year, she'd be out of place. But also, how much information does Game World have on the mutants? Mm. If they see Domino... Would that set off even more of an alarm for Cordyceps? Oh, okay. Something's happening. That might be the person that he goes after first. Why? Because of her luck power? Right. The ability to disrupt literally anything like we saw in that X-Force uh, annual. Yeah. Maybe. But still, you're going to a casino. Seems like Domino's the right choice. Luck be a lady. Last question from Hot Claws. I hear a lot of complaints about Polaris's characterization. I love her, but what do you think? And I feel like we've, you know, now I'm, I'm telling you the question for the first time and your face is reacting of, well, oh, I just yeah. kind of vocally responded to the fact that she seems to be uh, re- reduced from yeah. her potential leadership role in X Factor to now having a crisis she of who am feels I? feels like she doesn't care. She doesn't care and she doesn't really bring much you know i feel like the only character development beyond the fact that she likes coffee and dresses is that she finished her doctorate yeah and that's that's really just been conversationally added and she proved uh, something with it i mean is it still going back to this idea that she didn't want to be chosen maybe that's the only thing i can think of she's just still resisting yeah but like when is she gonna accept it do something cool is she on year two of the roster yeah which i, I don't know i feel like I feel like she's not going to be just because That's of her fine, attitude. I don't like where she's headed with it. But I also feel like that kind of calls into question the purpose of the vote. <laughs> okay, right. you did this big vote. We voted someone off. You kind of did something with it for a year. And then you're like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, it's like, is it because? Can't wait to see who's replacing Firestar next year. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a replacement. But like, is it because of that? Is it because they just put her on the team because she won and they didn't really have a purpose for her? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, obviously, but I would argue if you're giving her a potential slot, you at least have something cooked up that could be a plot thread for her. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so I'll tell you this, Hot Claws. I don't love it. I want more from it. and uh, But I do like this dress better than the other one. Yeah, and she's having fun. Yeah, I mean, so I guess that's that's good. That's good. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. Man. That was a lot, especially with the free comic book day mixed in. It was a lot, but it was all really good. I really enjoyed all of it, and I just, I feel so validated. So I'm on fire right now. Like, my soul is on fire. I'm alive. I feel fantastic. I can't wait until it's not spoiler territory anymore and I can shout it from the rooftops. Which is interesting because, so Jerry had posted something a couple weeks ago with a unlettered panel 
of Sink and Captain Krakoa coming down into the sewer, mm. talking about how there's a lot of big crazy stuff coming out in books in the next couple of weeks. Be cool and and don't spoil stuff. Be and, cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I you know are we are we doing like a, a short video that gives ample warning of we're talking about who Doctor Stasis is? Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. We're we are. We're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it. And like it'll start off by saying like spoilers for X Men number eleven. Scroll away right now if you haven't read X Men number eleven. Or you've been warned. This that was your warning. Get out of here. We need to talk about this. Because, wah, my God. Are you ready for the biggest week of comics that we've ever had? <laughs> no. I don't think you are. I don't think I, I am. I genuinely either. don't think you are. So many comics are coming. There are so many comics coming. Six? Seven? Let's just see. Let's just see. We have the excellent number three. Uh, blah, number number one. <laughs> I'm counting. There is the Marvel's Voices identity number one for... AAPA month mm. and would likely pick that up, but we don't normally cover them on the podcast, so maybe that's not two, but... But we'll count it anyway, just to see. Two. Wolverine patch number two of five. Oh, snap. No, that's So that's three. Wolverine number 21. Okay. We're getting like multiple Wolverine doses. We got well, number four. And, and now we're actually into the Krakoan books. Oh my God. There's four that aren't even the Krakoan books. New Mutants. Oh, excellent. Number 25. Okay. That's five. X-Force, number 28. Six. X-Men Red, number two. Oh, my God. Seven. Immortal X-Men, number two. Hot diggity dang, number eight. That's it. That's it. Eight comics. Eight comics and so many, like, whoa. Like the big whoa. guns. Like, this is, this is hey, everybody got their week, but now round two. Dang. Sorry, New Mutants. You didn't get your week for your extra dollar charged issue. I wonder if it's going to be longer, but... Oh, New Mutants. I'm excited I miss New Mutants. Yeah, me too. And I want to know what's going on in Limbo. The Trials of Magic. What's happening with those two? I want to know. And, and Eternals number 12. Oh, geez. I'll probably pick that up too because... Oh, geez Louise. This is going to be the most expensive week I've ever had at the comic book shop. <laughs> Not true. Not true. I buy a bunch of random stuff all the time. It's okay. Comics are fun. You heard it here, folks. Comics are fun. Whew. Well, until next time, old friend. Charles, you ain't even in this week. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>